Hey, this is Jack Droppers. And I'm Brian DeCuckook. And you're listening to the B-Sides Podcast. You are listening to the B-Sides. Today, uh, we get the honor of sharing a conversation with Chris Spaulding, co-founder of Brewery Vivant. Uh, brewery here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And man, do we love their beers. Uh, and this conversation was really great. Uh, you get to hear us talk trash about why they don't keep around my favorite beer contemplation the whole year. Um, we get to hear a little bit about their genesis and starting uh, and just get to hear Chris's passion uh, for all things uh team oriented which is which is really exciting to hear from from someone in leadership and she's uh yeah she shares a, a little bit about just the struggles and the the things that aren't so glamorous about owning a place that makes beer yeah so chris has just got a ton of clarity and uh just a person that's incredibly sharp it's a it was a treat to get the chance to talk with her and uh we're really pumped that you get the opportunity to listen in so you know what to do. Crank up that stereo and let's drop the needle. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right. Um, so one of the things that uh, we are fascinated by is is sort of the, was it three Ps of? That's yeah, right. the triple bottom line. Yeah, there you go. But we don't want to steal your thunder. We don't want to steal that. We'd love for we you to talk about that it. just for people who are listening and uh, why that is your bottom line. Yeah, so if people don't know, the triple bottom line or the three P's stand for people, planet, and profit. So the idea is, as a business, instead of solely existing for the purpose of making profit, which is what most businesses are at least supposed to do in theory, yep. not that they all <laughs> either make profit or have other things, but um, the idea is you balance your decision-making so you're not always choosing profit at the expense of the people mm, okay. or the planet. Um, and that's just the way we think. So like people will ask us, oh, when did you start doing that? And like, it was part of the business plan from the beginning and yes. also part of why our partnership, I think, works because mm-hmm. we both believe in that and wanted to have it be that way, right? Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's like... It's all about balancing and what is the decision we're making. And, you know, if you were to, like, try to bland out decisions and say, like, okay, this time did you choose people, planet, or profit? (laughs) Right. Right? You're always considering them. And sometimes, like, the front runner ends up being profit or planet or people or whatever. So it's I think it's great because I think it it creates a better culture for Mm -hmm. our... uh, people our staff and then you know hopefully customers who think about those things when they're choosing product which definitely is not everybody you know there's studies that show of course people do but then i don't think those studies happen at the aisle (laughs) i think they happen in a theoretical world people aren't googling when they're at meyer which of these beers are made with local honey right exactly but it's still like for us it's it's the only way to go yeah yeah I wasn't a part of the email thread, so I don't know how well Jack did kind of describing the <laughs> premise of... Poorly. Of, <laughs> I did get the question, now what is this? I was like, I'll be able to tell you that when I get back. Yeah. 
So one of the things that we were, I mean, kind of the premise behind the show is that we like to zoom in on a story or a period of time for you where you experienced a type of some, some like what we kind of call A-side or resume-side success. Mm. And then to eventually kind of flip the record, so to speak, and talk about like the things that were going on during that period that weren't, you wouldn't necessarily put on the resume. You know, it's, um, our goal is kind of to create like a little bit more robust picture of what success is and the types of things that go on during that. So I don't know if that's something that, uh, you feel like, Oh, I did have something I was kind of thinking of sharing, or if you need, you know, more time where we can give you softballs to like, you know, buy some time. But I'm super curious about that. I'm just excited to hear what you think. Yeah, it's that's an interesting concept. I mean, I think the whole business is kind of on a resume, right? Like yeah. Kind of like a standard business, and it's all the other stuff that may be the B side that is yeah. what gives it like the soul and totally that attraction. Yeah. So. Oh, that's such a cool way to put it. Yeah. It, as far as I'm concerned, a starting point, if you want, I don't know. I'm super curious about the lead certification and where mm-hmm. the genesis of that idea came from. I, I mean, if that's too specific, I don't know, but I would no, love to fine. love to hear that. Well, we do love our certifications at Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> um, lead was, that was part of the business plan, um, was like, let's come out right away out of the gates with a statement about our values. Okay. And the easiest way that a lot of people that we assume would be our customer base um, to do that is really to brand yourself with lead, I think. There's so many LEED certified facilities around this area, especially. You know, Grand Rapids has a lot um, that I think it's more in the common language for people, and, and they yeah. know that, oh, LEED means you're a green building. Right. Um, so we had that in the plan to at least design to the standard. Okay. Whether we pursued certification was a question. Um, there's cost, and, you hmm. know, it's like, whoo, it's a lot of documentation. Right. <laughs> so, uh, that was the idea before we had a location and all of that. And then once we found the location we're in and realized, like, our tiny little neighborhood is surrounded by LEED-certified buildings, oh. uh, it mm. was like, well, of course we need to do that. And then the great part about that, it, it was us coming to the table with that, but the team that we worked with as far as development, um, they were also on board. We didn't have to convince them. Is that can be a, a thing where you know, as you're looking at a project and you're weighing all the different costs, well, of course, you can just drop that because that's just like a little star, right? It's not really a big deal. Um, but they thankfully were like, oh, yeah, ICCF buildings lead certified, the building, uh, the whole Marie Katrebs to Weeniac buildings lead certified. I think Greenwell might be too. Anyway, so it became an easy choice. And then it, it was great, of course, you know, cost cutting. It was on the table a few times and we held strong and I'm so glad that we did. Yeah. Because I, I think it does like make that initial statement. And right when you come in the doors, you see yeah. the right. um, plaque. And it's like the first thing on your website. It's like, yeah. world's first. That's right. And that was Need like- certified brewery. That's so cool. That was the unintentional bonus is we assume there were plenty of other ones out there yeah. there's so many great breweries doing great things and then when we went to write the press release and mentioned them we were like huh there's no like commercial microbrewery that's lead certified there's a couple 
like a teaching brewery or a, okay. um, a pub within another complex. But it was awesome to be able to say we were the first and then um, kind of lead <laughs> lead that. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome. So what did cool. the to put another distracting question out? I want to know the story behind why that building. It's so obvious, isn't it? I mean, it's right? an awesome, it's an incredible <laughs> church, and yeah. where it's it's hard for me when I'm in there to picture like where things would have been, but it's like where the altar sort of was is where the bar is now. Yes. Um, was there like? I don't know, was there, like, other buildings in the mix when you were, like, looking at it, or was it, like, this is the one? No, it was a process. Yeah. <laughs> we started out, we were actually living in Ann Arbor. Okay. Uh, and had an idea of, like, we lived there to see if we would want to open this brewery there. And through being there, realized that, no, that's not where we wanted <laughs> to open it, and I'm glad that we spent the time there to realize that and not, yeah. like, throw all our chips in one basket and then realize it was a bad idea. So... Um, so then we moved on to wanting it to be in Traverse City. Okay. Our original concept was a farm brewery, mm-hmm. which was not basically wasn't allowed at the time, but okay. based on um, how like the regulations and laws and all those things were written up in that area, you couldn't do what we wanted to do and be in the farm country with a full pub. So okay. then we were like, okay, we're looking at other places in Traverse City, um, and it kept. Like we we were so close to a, a spot there in their um, the Grand Traverse Commons. If you're familiar with that, it used yep. to be the in- institution. Yep. So close, <laughs> and then uh, they just kept not working. You know, like something was always off. Yep. And then we had the like, all right, let's look in Grand Rapids. Yep. It makes the most sense on paper, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> um, and Jason had passed by the building a number of times, and it was always locked up. Okay. as far as um, being able to locate there. Yep. So someone, no one had bought it, but they had the rights to buy it. And then finally that fell off and he was able to go in. Okay. And then it was like, well, of course, this is where we're going to be. Because <laughs> we want to do the, you know, the Belgian-French thing. And it's monastic in its own ways. Yep. You know, yeah, it's very true. communal. It was not a church. It was a funeral, funeral. home chapel. Oh, it was. Okay. Which makes it different. That. So yes. if you're in there and you look at the stained glass, there's no uh, religious symbols on it. Okay. So they kept it neutral. But um, there's also no ghosts, though I, okay. I'm sure I've heard stories that there are, and those are just stories people want to make up. <laughs> All right. Funeral home chapel. I didn't know that. If you, like, could describe, I mean, the good people of the world can probably Google what it looks like, but mm-hmm. if you would just, like describe what it looks like to walk into the building i think that'd be kind of interesting yeah i think what happens so people walk in the front doors uh and then they run into the whoever's in front of them because that person's staring up and looking at like the beautiful architecture um so that would be your first visual is the back of somebody (laughs) else right um but when you walk in it was just a big open chapel with the tall ceilings um the nice peak uh, we have the original chandeliers from when it was um, a chapel, which is pretty cool. And actually, we're able to keep all the architecture the way it was okay. originally. And then, yes, the bar, it, so it has the archway uh, where the altar would have been, and the bar kind of reflects that, which is pretty sweet. 
and big long communal tables. Am I making this up, or do you have the specials on where like the hymns would have been listed? Yeah, they exactly. Okay. those are the beer lineup is right. where the hymns. See, this would is why I think I thought church is. There's a very religious, yeah, liturgical experience of walking in the doors, and it like feels. I don't know. There's something about it that's. I don't know. It feels like a, an institution of worship. Yeah. Um, well, so, you know. And, Worshiping of your community. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go there. Choir loft is where our manager's office is. All right. There you go. That's the most fun. Yeah, um, funny. Sometimes in the winter we'll get like a, we have a connection with the symphony's trombone section. Okay. So they'll go up in the choir loft and play Christmas carols. Oh, all trombone. Awesome. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's pretty That's fun. Sweet. We've had um, string instruments up there, but the acoustics aren't good enough to carry string. Okay. Yep without any amplification, but those trombones carry perfectly. Yes, it's a loud instrument. <laughs> yeah. I played trombone in middle school. Oh, yeah. nice. Loud, but never good. <laughs> That's pretty much what Jason's story is, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, as we think about the A-side, what are the best things about owning and running a brewery? Beer is a cool product. Yes. I mean, that, there's definitely something to that. I was never one of the cool kids, let me say. I was always more of like the nerdy athlete. And I instantly became cool the minute, I, really the minute I married Jason, who had owned a different brewery at the time. But okay. but anyway, it's, it is fun to have. Um, beer is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know, other, like it, it's, if you look at the nature of what a pub is supposed to be, you know, if you think historically a pub is, a public house where the community gathers and talks about things that are important yep. and all of that. Like it's awesome to be a place that provides that space. So regardless of you know what it is that we make as a as far as beer, but having the um, space to know that community people are gathering, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Maybe yeah. that's more B side though than A side, huh? I would say that's an A side for sure yeah? to be. Okay. Do you feel, when you walk into that room, do you feel like this is my place? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Do, uh, do you have regulars that will, like, say, hey, have a drink with me? Or... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know our regulars nearly as well as our staff does. Okay. Right, as we work more of the office hours yep. in that orchestrating what happens. Mm-hmm. Um and then it's all our pub staff that rock the regulars. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. But it's cool. We've had some staff, you know, a lot of staff that been, have been around from the first year. Mm-hmm. And they're still with us. Okay, and, wow. like, people come to see them. And, you know, they've become, like, our family, right? Yeah. Like, our second second family. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. I definitely see. So, like, one of the things I think is really interesting when I've, uh, listen to you guys talk in the past, uh, do, you know, do other podcasts and so on. And, and then is I, and like now to hear you talk about choosing Grand Rapids as sort of like a, you know, Hey, we went through this process and ended up landing in this place. Mm-hmm. But to me, one of the things that I re- like really stands out is you seem to have like an affection or a desire to, I mean, obviously people is a part of your, your triple bottom line, but it's like, we we care about this city we care about the state of michigan and so to me that feels like very much like a positive part of but how does how does that go from like 
this is a business move to go to Grand mm-hmm. Rapids to now being like, and we're affectionate towards this place. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It, it, it was a process for sure. And we had some other uh, parts in there that added layers where we opened and we had our first kid nine days after we opened. Oh, wow. So, you know, we're like swimming in the newness of this the city that we haven't lived in before and um, yeah, wow. having this business together and then here's this baby that doesn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully he's figured that out <laughs> I know, but um, so I, I think we were kind of like in shock for probably the first year, year and a half where you know we couldn't be all in on either of those things. Yeah. So we if we had to pick, we picked our baby yeah. right over our business and trusted our managers to run the business and create what we had envisioned um and then you know once we kind of had our feet under us we could come back and and figure out what our place was within the community like maybe a little bit later yeah um which is you know it's like unfortunate i think um that we couldn't come in guns blazing right like woo, ready to take over um but i would trade my child right (laughs) for a different experience do you think having those things happen back to back affected any any positive ways in that the way that affected the business i think it forced us to give authority to more people than we maybe would have been inclined to do right like we like the servant leadership model Mm -hmm. right where you empower your staff to make decisions themselves and um Mm -hmm. and be leaders within whatever role they're in Mm -hmm. and that was always our intent but i think that forced us to do that more than we would have Otherwise, because you know, we opened during the recession, so that's also not a yeah. good time to open your business. Wow. And you're kind of freaked out, like, yep. oh, what if this doesn't work? Um, so anyway, I think it, it forced that, and culturally, you know, there were some positives and some negatives out of that, but we were able to kind of get that foundation going in that area. You guys have no beer left. We don't. Do you want another That was one? Phenom- phenomenal. Was was, which one was that, the, the same the village saison. Oh man, I actually the first time I had a saison was in Ann Arbor, so I had like a I was like taking a sip of this while you were talking about it before, yeah. and I'm just like, whoa, this is crazy. Is it a jelly pumpkin? Um, is is there something like grizzly something? Oh, grizzly peak. Is that a brewery? That's a, yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to so, go, go champion brute next. All right. Oh, okay. We're going to take it dry. Um, do, do you feel like uh, Miller High Life has ripped this off because this is literally the champagne of beers? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, I do have some friends from high school that would have thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Drink Miller High Life. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this one. I was super excited about this. I think it just came out like a week ago or so. It's quite heady. So this is kind of going back to, I think what you were just kind of talking about in terms of the, you were talking about your leadership model being something where you kind of pass, Mm. pass sort of like you have to trust people basically because you're, hand is sort of forced right but it seems to me and I, I want to hear your thoughts on this it seems to me like that has become like a part of 
the way that your organization now sort of presents itself to the world. This is a very like, um, I don't know. I, I would, I feel like I would do it a disservice to try to come up with an image of how that presents. But when you say it, it really clicks with me in the sense of like, yeah, that's, that is kind of how it feels to me when I interact with, with your organization. So I don't know if you have any response or thoughts on that, but in the like servant leadership field yeah know? like it becomes a part of the ethos or the the oh, brand sure. so to speak you know yeah yeah i think especially if you're interacting with people in the pub right like mm-hmm. our service staff is trained to the nth degree to know what they're talking about and feel comfortable with what they're talking about and and therefore give you a better experience right but also be able to steer people in a a way that allows them to lead you as the guest in certain respects to try to give you as good an experience as they can. So in that way, I think that definitely works. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, we do a lot with our community partners, right? Like our nonprofit organizations. And I think of some of the stuff with that too, like that's kind of a led through us and what we want the business to be. But we see there's you know, so many staff coming out for all those things too and like being a part of volunteering in these different organizations. Yeah. One of my favorite things that happened last year, so we had uh, 400, something like 421 hours of volunteer time um, in 2017. So our goal was 250. Right. So I came back to staff and said, all right, you guys like really exceeded that goal what do you want the goal to be for next year and they're all yeah. like 500 <laughs> we settle on 350 but right. like we're almost there already right so like that's another way i think that we see that feeling of like empowerment's not the right word but like ownership yeah totally um and i love that I'm like that's super fun yeah yeah that's i mean it's totally like affirming of and correct me if I'm wrong I feel like I kind of gather that you are sort of like the people planet like that's kind of your those are your babies and Jason is the yeah the product okay for sure (laughs) yeah so that's like that's your baby that's your saying like let's do this and invest in this thing and then to see people your employees your co-workers going like yeah let's do it that's right that's awesome pretty awesome yeah and I think like those are things that build over time culturally too right like We've, we've tested a lot of different ways to get staff interested and involved in that part of the business, yeah. and, and that's always evolving and changing. But, um, but I think it attracts a certain person now, too, which is, like, so Dear cool. Staff. Yeah, when yeah. people yeah. come and they're like, yeah, I, either I want to work at Vivant because of your values and I want to be part of a company that, you know, has, has that focus, or people in the kitchen... You know, we're a scratch kitchen, right? So, like, right. working in there, you're doing everything, and you learn so much, and yeah. a lot of people come into the back of house with this idea of, like, I want it to be hard, and I want yeah. to be pushed and learn. And huh. Sometimes that culture is a little bit of a shock for people that don't realize what that's going to look like. Um, and that, you know, that's fine. Sometimes they weather the storm, <laughs> and other times they decide, like, no, nope, maybe that was too much for me. Yeah. But anyway good stuff i think yeah i think it's fascinating i don't want to read too much into this but the uh, again to the architecture i love talking about the way architecture forms oh yeah um, i don't know if you've ever read 
have you read How Music Works? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, David Byrne of Talking Heads. Oh, cool. This, this book where he talks about how music essentially evolves uh, based on the architecture in which it's meant to be performed in. Um, and so talking about how opera, uh, you know, changed um, when, you know, acoustic, you know, when halls changed and then he went to string bands and how, you know, U2's albums have changed as they've grown into being, you know, playing at stadiums yeah, versus cool. clubs. So anyway, it's fascinating. Yeah. But I love that there's there's this, like, church sense of Vivant and you you sort of have these, like... <laughs> the staff have become sort of the lay elders right. in That's some way true. in which you're <laughs> empowering them to do the ministry of, of Vivant and yeah. you and Jason get to be the priests that sort of empower them to go do the <laughs> ministry. I don't know, it's just this, there's this fascinating thing that I keep I'm imagining, I don't know, that there's this, you're running this, t- you know, this literal tiny church. Yeah, you know, I've totally never thought of that, but yeah. that would be pretty interesting to spend some time thinking about. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Wait, I, I, in some ways it makes it more interesting that you haven't thought about it, because it's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> it's kind of happening, you know? I mean, I, maybe, like you said, you don't want to read too much into it, but... Yeah. Don't you, turn us into a cult. <laughs> yeah, right. it's not a cult, but... There's, I mean, there's, I don't want to dig too much in the religiosity, but there's some sacramental parts about you get your duck nachos and you get your contemplation, and it's true. There you have an experience with the divine. Yeah. <laughs> it also is uh, just serves food and beer, so yeah. <laughs> don't have to go too far with it. Yeah. But for me, it's a holy experience. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> But we have had a lot of people meet and end up getting married that have met at okay. our place, whether on staff or as customers. Okay. Yeah, a single. Plenty ministry. of babies have been born <laughs> within our. Uh, within the. Uh, we have we have like close to thirty Vivant babies, like okay. people well. that had their child while they were employed by us. <laughs> That's great. There you go. It's there, I don't know. That kind of fits your theme. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I was kind of one of the things that kind of stands out to. Uh, to me about well two there's a couple things I don't want to forget that I, I want to talk about uh, you as a distinguished alum of the U of M oh yes which I happened to see was like uh, you know they like made a, a video and all kinds of stuff yeah, maybe you should just amazing. tell us that before I go on too far because <laughs> I was like whoa look at this this is amazing you and Tom Brady I think are <laughs> I think it was just the, the two, two of you as the right. distinguished no uh, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was like so, like an unexpected good thing. So, but the school at U of M that I went to was really small. So that you know, like if they're going to tell alumni stories, there's not that many alumni, right? I graduated with eighty students okay. within okay. the thirty something thousand student yeah. uh, campus, but um, so they knew the story, and you know, to the point of beer, right? Like beer is something that people find interesting and are probably more likely to read a story if it's about a brewery doing good things than yep. if it's about something else. Um, so that actually works in our favor quite a bit. And then being a woman-owned brewery, blah, blah, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, so they just said, hey, we're trying to do these recruitment videos for um, students telling stories of, like, cool stuff that alumni have done in, for the state. And your story came up. And I was <laughs> like, oh, well, that's cool that's a cool concept right like bring students in through talking about all the good things that have resulted from the u of m education totally Um, 
anyway, so it, it made that was me really want to nice. go back to U of M. Yeah. I was like, man, I have to go back and get another bachelor's here. <laughs> Look at the good things I could be doing. Right. Look at what I could be doing in my life. It was a very nice piece they put together. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There you go. That was my side note. But this is what I was thinking before that I'm curious if you could, um, if you feel like you can feel this or come up with a story to give us the image or something. But one of the things that, and maybe this goes along with what Jack was saying before, but I think is one of the things that's really interesting is that you seem to have managed to get a pretty integrated or cohesive experience like brand experience pub experience and i'm kind of curious if you have tools that you you and jason use to know when you're hitting it yeah. and when you're not like do, do you just like t- do you sense it do you take what what do you do to like know like yes this is cohesive with what we're shooting for and maybe time a story or something of when it didn't i don't know i don't know but that might be too much but now, it, it's always, like, that stuff is, int- like, organizational stuff, I think, is really interesting just to study, right? Like, if I was going to go back to school. Yep. For, yeah. I would go back to school a million times for a million things. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like we, within the culture, with our staff at least, right, like, they're definitely it's a deep dive you know you start you kind of feel out this environment that you're a part of and then we have these classes where you learn here's the history of the company and why we're doing things the way we're doing and here's all the sustainability stuff and why we take this approach with beer and this approach with food and all that stuff so um and then it it never really stops right it's like an ongoing um, process and then we had our you know original five-year vision which was really cool is when we look back at that plan, like we had some numbers wrong, but like we're really true to what we intended to do. Now that we're looking at this next five years, which we're starting at, you know, kind of like year seven instead of year five, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's different and like, it's not, like we're not where I, going in the direction I would have thought we'd be going. And not in a bad way, um, but like the cultural piece and values and all that, I I feel solidly grounded and and it's not going to change. But like the actual, like the business direction, right? Like we're, um, it's such a different market now that we have, we're adjusting how we're presenting the brand to the market in some ways, Mm. in ways I didn't expect to do. as we look at what this next year is going to look like, it says in the market market has, there's just so many breweries. Yes, we were, right. we were about number 2000 in the U S in 2010 when we opened and now there's like 6,500. Yeah. Right. So more than wow. tripled within seven, eight years. And that means so many different things and how you sell your beer and present totally. your brand and all yep. of that. So anyway, like this, this four pack, I was like, wow, Jason, those are all different yeast strains. And yeah. we've been very solidly up until the last year or so, like we're gonna stick with this one or two yeasts and yeah. we're gonna do everything with these because it felt true to the core of the kind of beer we wanted to make. Um, but then like, oh, our brewers are having a lot of fun experimenting with different things and yeah. trying yeast from different places. So 
like for me, that's like, whoo, that is so different, right? And it maybe doesn't sound that different if you're outside of the business, but like that's a, a total different direction. Um, so we feel that tension sometimes. Mm. And there's long-term staff, mm. you know, that have opinions that are different than newer staff, and sure. they're coming into that being more normal versus having a much more focused effort. And anyway, that that's been. I think that'll continue to play out and and be fun to watch. <laughs> like to step yeah. back from my yeah. own company and see what it looks like. Yeah. So let's, uh, as we say, flip the record over. Okay. Um, and uh, <laughs> and get you another beer. And get me another beer. Um, but and we we sort of tell guests as as personal or you know as intense as you want to go you are in control of the vehicle at this point totally we're um, along for the ride no we're problem. along for the ride um but so you've got you know over the past eight years now mm-hmm. you've, you've started this business then quickly had a child um right and then you know you're a distinguished alumni you're you started canning um You've got people like me who are just wait, mark their calendars for when contemplation comes out. <laughs> You've reached, you know, in some ways, it's some like notoriety within Beer City, USA, and that you're a place that people like. When my in-laws come, we're like, we need to visit Founders and we need to visit Bavon. Like yes. those are the two places. Um, what's happening underneath that, that that maybe, you know, guys like us. Uh, maybe don't see what it looks like to, to run a business like this, what it looks like on your family or, or on you personally. Ooh, that's heavy, man. Yeah, I don't want to get, you don't, <laughs> yeah, you, again, you're, 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 you're in control, control of the vehicle. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, let's pour that beer. Yeah, let's have let another me, beer. Let me while we pour about this. another beer. <laughs> All right, we're going to go Dawn of Vim now. All right. Which is the New England style fresh IPA. What is what makes it a fresh IPA? There's a like the hops in here. So you you know normal IPA yep. has hops you add in in the actual brewing process mm-hmm. in the boil whatever. So you still do that, but then you throw a shit ton of hops <laughs> in the <laughs> fermenter. So you have uh, you don't just have the bitterness, okay. but you also get a lot of the aromatics. Okay. So um, yeah, and then they they tend to be of that they're cloudier because yeah. there's just a lot more material <laughs> of course you know you let a lot of that settle out but yeah but it, it should taste juicier yeah it's a little thicker than the traditional IPA. I like it. yeah it smells juicier yes <laughs> jack told me that he uh he said like I don't. Did you say that you your thing was like mm-hmm. whatever you're excited about or whatever? Yeah. And I just was like that was brilliant, man. <laughs> I was just for days was thinking like yes, whatever she's excited about, that's so yeah. good. And part know? of it was I didn't want to reveal how little I know about beer by saying I don't know something that tastes good. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, debated a little bit. I was gonna like, ooh, do we pull some out of the? Yeah. But. This was a good four pack. Yes. A four pack of fun. Yes, for sure. All right. So back. back do you back. do you feel you feel good? Do you feel like you? Well, I'm kind of curious. Like, what's it like for you right now? Thinking about 
flipping the record. Like, what's your experience even right now just to kind of go, like, okay, I've got to go into this. It's reflective mode. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> the reality is, like, we kind of can the A side. Like, we right. kind of know, okay, this is what we yeah. say. And then yeah, when yeah. we do something like this, it's like, it's inherently kind of vulnerable, you know? So I'm just curious, like, what's it, what's, what are you experiencing? Well, I'm just trying to think of what would be interesting for people to hear about, right? Yeah. Because I, I have lots of words and lots of thoughts and have more <laughs> of an open book than Jason would probably like me to be. <laughs> That's a different thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, thinking backwards somewhat, like, you know, where are we today? Where did we want to be? And where did we think we would be and all of that? Like, sometimes it's easy to take for granted that, you know, we've come to where we are, right? Like, yeah. we do get a lot of press, and it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't see that coming, especially, like, like I'm kind of... Like, if you, if you look at how we operate, you know, Jason's more of a traditional introvert. Mm-hmm. I'm more extroverted, and I'm happy to, like, go out and do things and whatever. Um, and I think, you know, beer and woman, as I mentioned before, help get more press. Mm-hmm. But it's so awkward, yep. <laughs> right? Like, it's just weird to have people have an assumption about who you are because you're in oh yeah things like yeah. I, I did a, a program do you guys know Leadership Grand Rapids here's a plug for that program yes it's, I've heard of them I think they followed me on Instagram right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a program through the chamber okay uh, and the intent is to develop community leaders right okay. so you throw like 40 people in a room mm-hmm. for a, close to a year once a month, you have these like intense exposure to different aspects of what it means to be in a community. And, okay. um, super cool, right? Yeah, it's like wow, a really awesome. great way to meet people you would have never met because we all do the same things, right? Like you do the same things and then you see all the same people all the time. Yeah. So it's a really good way to um, hmm. get out of your own bubble that you live in, whether it's like the people within the program or the uh, people you know that you interact with through the programming. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that happened. I was in that at a time when, like, we kept getting on stuff. And it was it was weird. as like, oh, Chris, I saw your face on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, like, I don't know. Those things are awkward. That's, like, not a struggle. But I have to figure out, like, all right, so very cool. How do you use it for the best? Yeah. Right. So yeah. how do we say like okay, like I'm out talking about all this sustainability stuff all the time. If you look at Bells, they are amazing and yep. they do, they do more than almost any brewery I think in the country as far as the depth of their sustainability program. Hmm. Interesting. They just choose not to talk about it, huh. and yeah. uh, we get in debates a little bit. Like there are people and myself and yeah. like, why don't you talk about it? Because yeah. part of what you I think what we should all be doing if we're doing good things is like put it out there so yeah. maybe you're planting seeds in other people's minds and, and they're thinking of back to this whole success idea right like oh I don't have to define success as just financial benefit right I can yeah. look at success mm. as like 
oh, I've, I've made other people think about how they could dig deeper in their community and get involved with things in a different way yeah. or have a lesser impact on the environment or whatever. Um, anyway, but th- there's like a weird balance with that where, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I want to push it a lot and mm. <laughs> get all that stuff out there, but not have it not feel genuine or yeah, yeah totally. like I want to tell our story for that reason, not so well I, it would right. be great if it also helps people buy our beer right. yeah. but I just had a conversation today with one of our distributors he was like so well you you know when you sponsor these nonprofit events you got to make sure that your brand is properly represented and, yeah. right. and pointed to and I was like but that's not why we're doing it right? right like if we're doing something for marketing reasons sure yeah but I'm, I'm going to sponsor them because I believe in what they're doing yeah. and I want them to have the benefit of of us helping them so anyway yeah yeah that's so i've used this a bunch of times in conversation since listening to a podcast i don't remember that you and jason did where you guys talked about the numbers of like how many breweries there were when you started and currently (laughs) and you were the comment that one of the two of you made i don't really remember who it was i just thought it was great was very subtly very graciously just kind of said like when people do something that's creative and it is clear that it's profitable, then other people are going to try to do it to yeah. make a profit. And so that's a real tension of like, how do you still do that thing that's cohesive, like we were saying before, with your, with your heart and not all of a sudden start to go, yeah, but the nonprofit, like we need it. You know, like, yeah, we love to do this, but we also need to have our thing in the front. Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, how do you not, you know, you're making a second five-year plan, which is incredible. Yeah. How does it not, like, get elements of that in, into it? Maybe it does, and that's, I. who am I to say that's a negative <laughs> thing? I don't know, but. Yeah, that's like the ongoing debate of, like, on our social media, are we leading with our product or are we leading with our values, yeah. right? Like, what is, what is the brand we want people to have and, like, hmm. You can't lead with your values. You have to lead with your product. And if people are interested in your values and you weave it in the right way, they'll come to that themselves, right? Huh. Does that, I don't know, go along with what you were just thinking? Yeah. To- I mean, <laughs> out loud? I yeah. Guess there's always the debate. Yeah, we make the information available, right? So you see on the can, we're a certified B Corp. Yep. Do you guys know what that means? I don't. I don't. So that's, that's something that a lot of people don't know, uh, and we hope it keeps growing, but it's uh, you know it's great that we say we do all these things, but yeah. who's really proving out yeah. that we actually do? So this is a, there's a nonprofit called B-Lab that um, certifies that you're not oh, just cool. really good at marketing. You also have a legitimate story to tell. Okay. <laughs> so right. It's like a whole assessment process and huh. blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of work, but... Um, but it's great because then it's it's not just us; it's yeah. a third party. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of B corps around West Michigan. We also have a lot of B corps yeah. uh, per capita, like we do lead. <laughs> I think you know West Michigan's West Michigan's a cool community. It's also would be very interesting to study in an yes. <laughs> academic way, right? Like all these competing things. Sounds like things, you need to go back to school. Yeah, or start one. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. 
this is it's funny because I feel like you're verbalizing a lot of what like is happening internally for me, which I, I'm going like, oh, that's really interesting, and then you're just wanting to say like, and this is pretty interesting if you were to study, <laughs> you know, because I'm f- thinking like, wow, that's so. Why does it, how come I didn't know that? Like, how does yeah. that, you know, how does that happen? And, and, uh, but you're also a part of, are you a part of Local First? Did I? Yeah, yeah. And I'm the, right now I'm the board chair. Oh, the board chair. I'll be handing that off. Congra- I just want to be the soon. first to tell you congratulations on your board chairmanship. <laughs> I feel like there's an inside joke here. There's no, it's I just, <laughs> I just always claim to be the first to tell people stuff that I'm like, probably almost assuredly not yeah. the first to tell. And then, you know, I want to be the first to tell you congrats on your recent engagement they're like ah that was six months ago (laughs) definitely a lot of other people have said it anyways yeah so that's probably part of the reason why you have like so much you kind of see a lot of these things that it might not be that everybody is seeing Mm -hmm. like the b corp and the lead and right yeah which is awesome yeah and i love report cards so you know that's also that's the the nerd the nerd there's like you know me that brought bought every book and yep. took all the notes and yeah. then Jason that sometimes chose not to buy the books. I totally. just can't even believe that you would do that. <laughs> that's part of what makes it work. Right? Totally, yeah, that's so exciting. I, I was gonna ask that of like, do you feel like that little nerd part is still like when you go to the room, there's still like this high school, you know, girl inside because. With me, it's like my chubby middle school self shows up when I oh, feel anxious sure. or whatever it is. Like, do you feel like that part, I don't know, shows up when you get asked to do things and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do them the best and I'm going to read all the research and stuff like that? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still, like, I'm 43. How yeah. am I 43, right? Like, yeah. if you would ask uh, me at, <laughs> at, like, 20, what does 43 look like? I can't believe I'm that age. Because it looked a lot older than how I yep. feel. Totally. Yeah. I remember thinking yeah. that about 28. Just as a total side note. 28? Remember as a kid, yeah, I had a <laughs> cousin that was 28, and I was just, you know, I was probably like 12 or something. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, man, that is some old stuff oh, right totally. there. You yeah. know, you're just like, wow. That is an adult. He's human. married. He's, you know, <laughs> it's just so like, funny. well, it's actually pretty young. Yeah. Surpri- surprisingly enough. So, yeah, I kind of feel like I'm still a high schooler yeah. <laughs> sometime or college. Sometime, I don't know. I feel like forever kid, which is great because we have our kids and we're older parents. Yeah. Like some of our friends are grandparents already. Oh, wow. And we have a kindergartner. But, <laughs> you know, that mindset hopefully will help them not realize how old we actually are compared <laughs> to their friends' parents. <laughs> Well, I feel like it's like super clear that that's part of what works for you guys is that you kind of have like this, I'm going to go figure it out. I'm going to go, you know, like I'm curious about that. So I'm going to go ask the questions, you know, that's That's pretty clearly like part of why you guys work well together. I think, I mean, from a very distant perspective, I guess, (laughs) take that or leave it, but you know. So one of the things we've talked about, and maybe this will be my last serious question, we'll see, um, (laughs) is every every guest I feel like that we've had on has sort of had this sense of like uh, how how silly the thing that they do is. 
So like whether it's a musician or you know a writer or things like that, like right. just real. I don't know. And Brian ha- and I have this conversation all the time of like, how silly is this job that pays me to do this thing? Um, do you do you have that feeling regularly of like, um, I mean, for me, there's uh, there's nothing that I can show people that's like this is a product that I did, um, but but you do have that, and so it's like yeah. here's a can of the thing that I do right um does it ever feel like this is a really silly endeavor and without like me trying to demean it like obviously i love beer and i love bavant like but does it ever feel like this is an incredibly silly thing i wouldn't use silly but i yes like i feel what you're saying yeah i would just give it a different term yeah what do you think what do you think you would give it i don't know you know like I used to work at Herman Miller, and people would always say, like, it's just office furniture, yeah. right? Like, don't stress yourself out and lose sleep because yeah. it's just office furniture. And I think that's probably true in any... Yeah, it's just this. Anything, almost. Yeah. But, like, I love... Uh, <laughs> that's maybe not the right word. I'm fascinated by politics. Okay. Right? And you look at the ability... If you're a, a good politician mm-hmm. and hopefully a good-hearted politician like you really have an ability if you can do things right to like make serious change happen for a lot of people yeah and like Mm -hmm. really make the world a better place Mm -hmm. i'm trying to do that with beer that is kind of silly right like yeah yeah. there's such an odd connection disconnection (laughs) i wonder if politicians feel the same way though i wonder i'm sure they do especially this is so (laughs) silly and one of the yeah i can't even remember who said it but there's someone who's um, you were telling me about this, Brian, that like okay. somebody was saying like, it's just all play. Like we're all just mm. playing. And so like that, you know, yeah. maybe for you, Sounds like great. that high school girl comes out and you're like, for me to play is to research right. and to, yeah. to like know the facts and to know those things. And like yeah. for me to, to play is different and Brian. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know, may, that feels to me from what I've experienced with you thus far, um, is this sense of, I'm just high school me is just this is how she plays yeah <laughs> yeah I that's there's something to that my wife and I have been talking about this concept of like how at some I, I was I was trying to explain this to her of like at some level uh, at the end of a long difficult day I need to be able to go to the campfire and like sing some songs, nice. tell some jokes, and you like recreate the experience of whatever mundane thing that you've had to do. You know, it's like it is recreation in, in my opinion. You know, like you need to goof around and you need to laugh and tell stories or whatever that is. And I just think like what a fascinating way to think about like you're sort of like in the midst of doing the work that you're doing, recreating it to be like for whatever purpose it is that you're intending. It's that's the playful thing that I think you're kind of touching on for me is like, how do I go about my thing and think about it in a way that like you said, is playful or maybe that's, I don't, to me, I I connect to that probably that word more so than silly probably. Yeah. But I get what you're, I think that's what you're saying, right? Is like, it's not as important as I fancy it to be. Right, for sure. And, like, why not just have fun yeah. doing we it, you know? We should all have more fun doing what we're doing. Yes. And if we're not having fun, then we should do something different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe 
were just talking about that today. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating just to think. So my day job is I'm a professor at a college, and and I. What do you profess? (laughs) A lot of things. So I, I'm the director of spiritual formation at Compass College. Down, oh. It's a film school downtown. And so I teach, uh, the class I'm teaching right now is virtue and ethics. Um, Ooh, that's fun. It's very fun. But I, there's so many times throughout when I'm teaching, I'm like, the, the idea of like, this is just play. This is so, like, this is so goofy. These, some of these students don't care. And those who do, we're like just in this dance together of, mm. of you know, I don't know playing off of what's right and what's wrong and yeah it's it's fascinating uh for me but at the same time it's when i approach it as play instead of work it it feels a little little bit more holy i I would think yeah i always wonder like the people that aren't in that state that are just there like why are you there in any Mm -hmm. scenario in life right like yeah why put yourself somewhere that you don't want to be yeah. And like stick it out. Yeah, yeah totally. That's that's like the wrong North Star. <laughs> Sticking yeah. it out Let's is my it out. plan. Right. Yeah. What yeah, about enjoying life? And anyway, I know people are all about that the balance and whatnot. I I also I feel at this point somewhat in all these questions, right? Like at where I am in my life and my age and like I had it pretty good right now, mm-hmm. right? Like, I have this great husband who I love enough to be a business partner <laughs> with. We have these kids that are pretty awesome. Like, yeah. they're very quirky in their own way. <laughs> it's about how fun, like, growing humans and, and seeing yeah. how that works. That's, like, a super interesting. And, you know, all these people that we're connected to through our business. And, and it's all good in different ways right Mm. but then then someone like throws a turd at you and you're like come on (laughs) (laughs) anyway luckily there's not too many turds being thrown at us (laughs) that's kind of a downer (laughs) no it's fine let's uh let's close with our last beer yeah and and sort of the lightning round of questions um the lightning round my first one is if I'm a person listening to this podcast, and for some stupid reason I live in West Michigan, but I've never been to Vivant, and I walk in, what should I order as a beer and a food item on the menu, particularly if I'm you? I would say, um, because our beers change a lot, I, it would depend on what you like, okay. right? Like. And our service staff are so amazing at their job that they can probably pinpoint exactly the right beer for you. Without me even opening my mouth. They can no, you would have to give them something, right? Like, oh, you look like I a stout guy. You look like a guy. Yeah. Um, but food, I was talking to my dental hygienist today actually about food because he's all about duck nachos. And I... Uh, Oh, and anytime I go there, we have to get those. If I have friends in town, who is your dental hygienist? I'm just curious. His name is Will. He's at Stone Castle. Yeah. He's amazing. I think we have the same. <gasps> really? I could just tell oh by the way gosh, you said. I love why him. He, yeah, he's awesome. He deserves like every. He's award the Disney for... guy, right? He really likes Disney. Probably. Ask him about Disney next time. Okay. All right. Shout I out to totally Will. At Stone he's Castle. like. 
halved his size in the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, that's the guy. Oh my gosh, he's so great. He's awesome. I want to nominate him for something, but anyway. I do. My wife, so I had a different dental hygienist that I don't want to like. No, they're say. all good. They're all great They're people. all good in their own way. She said, you have to be with Will. Yes. He's the best. And so I switched it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're buds. You're, you're like happier. Right? Oh, like, yeah. I'm a better a person because of him. What a wonderful human he is, for sure. Yeah. You're like, I, well, yeah. we should have probably him go on. for a clinic. I could yeah. have him on the podcast. He'd be great. Oh, you should so have him on the podcast. That, he would actually be great. He would love it. I would, That's awesome. I'd listen to that, for sure. <laughs> That's so funny. So anyway, uh, we were talking about Doug Nachos, and I said, have you had the bone marrow? And he was like, ooh, what? <laughs> like, it's so good. He's like, well, I don't, you know, what is it? It's like it's a bone and it's cut in half vertically and it has all this yummy flavor and it's oh. kind of like butter but better, which you know people like you actually are literally eating the bone marrow, wow. which is very good for you. Yeah, uh, and full of like you know spices and whatever. So that's what I would tell people to get because most people don't think about ordering bone marrow, but it's really yummy. It's like one of my mm. favorite bone things marrow. on our menu. All right. Yeah. And go. the guy who who created this specific version of it just left. So he met his love of his life at our place on staff. And they totally <laughs> bailed and moved to Colorado. <laughs> like right now, I think they're in the process of moving. Uh, so she can go back to school, which is funny as we're talking about that. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> it's a really good meal. All right. One, <laughs> one book that you would say that you would give to somebody who says, I want to be like you. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. I didn't uh, get the chance to screen that question. <laughs> but I approve. <laughs> I approve this question. Yes, yeah, I approve curious. this question. Not that, like, because I feel like if you wanted to be a, you know, if you wanted to run a brewery, here's a book about it. But, like, yeah. if you're like, oh man, I want to be Chris, here's the book. So I, I have a, I'm wow. in a book club All right. that started a few months back. And the first book we read was called Double Bind. And it's a, the subtitle is something about women and ambition. Okay. And I loved Double it. Bind. Like I ate this book right up and I am ready to like read it again. And it's oh, all these man. women's stories of here's what the word ambition means to me and how that has played out in my life and they're like all over the board and people's opinions of is ambition a positive word or a negative word okay. and is it different hmm. if you're a female yeah. versus a male and totally um just a super really good book that makes you think a lot about like the origins of where you are yeah. in, in wow. your version of ambition did you just purchase it on amazon i just texted it to jack <laughs> double bind Perfect. i would highly recommend yeah. I've given it to a bunch of women. Yeah. That's, that's, a. Uh, I can totally see why that would be exciting. Yeah. That's fun. It is yeah. writers and non-writers anyway. Okay. So, uh, this is a question that I really like. There's, I actually have two questions I've been wanting to test out. Of course you do. Okay. <laughs> question number one. Um. This will be an easier one, I think. How did where you grew up, like what you would say is like your hometown or whatever, mm-hmm. How does how did that shape who you are today? Well, I grew up in Holland, okay. Michigan, and I, I think it. I've actually thought about this quite a bit. Like, 
a lot of times I'll be asked about like, well, where does your environmental and social and all that stuff come from, right? Your sustainability. And it, I, I think part of the answer is growing up in Holland, like hmm. living, we didn't live on Lake Michigan, but we were always within a few miles of it. Yeah. And just having that like amazing gift of yes, totally. nature there yeah. all the time. Like that, I think really, uh, I don't know, like, I, I can feel that, right? And like, mm-hmm. if I'm, I'm not a churchgoer, but man, if you, like, throw me hiking out in, like, Saugatuck Dune State Park or some of those places, like, yeah. that's where I'm feeling the vibe of, you know, all <laughs> yeah. of that good stuff. Um, so, definitely, that was an impact. And then, you know, I'm, like, one of those weird people that grew up in Holland and is very liberal and yep. I, I think there's a few of us. Yes. Yeah, so you did. I didn't too. grow up in Holland, but I had spent the first four or five years of my life there. So. So it's there. Like, you know yep, what I'm talking there. about. And I think the city has changed a lot over time. But we moved there in like the late '70s. Okay. Right. So like, there you were still frowned upon if you mowed your lawn on Sunday, and yep. all the things that are like stereotypes hmm. were true then. <laughs> and I'm sure some of them <laughs> still are. But like, I, I always wonder like. With that, you know, what happened, my family has various perspectives on that that involve U of M, and I'm just going to leave it at that. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wonder, you know, where, how does that play in, like, being in a pretty conservative yep. area? So I don't, that's more of an, a question yeah. <laughs> on myself than an answer, but I don't know. I think that's well, I mean, I think the type, the, if that's the type of question you ask of yourself... And that yeah. was shaped by where you grew up. And I feel like that's a perfectly good answer. Right. You know, you may not be asking that answer question. Answer a question with a question. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Genius. Uh, okay, my last one. Um, in any given situation, parenting, work, here, whatever, if all else fails, you know you will... Blank. Blank. <laughs> You will bring this to the table. You know you will do this. If everything goes crazy, mm-hmm. I'm going to find the positive somehow. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I will find the... We get lost. It's an adventure. Yeah. Let's take, yeah. The, take the positive side because that's way more fun yeah. than go. being mad. Yeah. That's really cool. Wow, were you, did you feel prepared to answer that? Because you seemed <laughs> right like you away. were. <laughs> this is great. You were like, this question sucks, but I'm going to find the good <laughs> in it. <laughs> that's great. Maybe a little. Yeah, that's go. awesome. Well, thanks so much for. Yeah, this is a riot. This was yeah. really fun. You guys um, have to say what your favorite beer was of the four. I like the triple. Really? The triple? Yeah. Last one. You drank that brute like a champ. So I was it was. <laughs> the brute? I mean, they were all very good, but I've had the triple before and I will return to it. Yeah. If I had been given a chance, I was going to go for the Saison. So, uh-huh. like for my solo, I was going to go, I think I'd like to have that one. Yeah. I loved it. It was stinking good. Good. Yeah. So, where can our five listeners uh, find uh, Brewery of Avant? Uh, online or can they can you order online or yeah, where we, are you shipping we to? are not allowed to ship beer okay Michigan's one of those states that can't ship but okay. we do sell through distributors all right in Michigan there you go and this random 
selling in Massachusetts right now. All right. Now. So, so if you live in, in the Boston area. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Boston. Boston. Uh, is, so, and you all are on, is it Lake? Are you on Lake? We're on Cherry. On Cherry. But between Cherry and Lake, and that little triangle. Perfect. You can meet. And if you East Hills. are looking for a contemplation shirt, yes. that you can get online later. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. There's enough you, demand. When does contemplation, when is the date that it gets released so I can put it in my calendar? You know, I do not have <laughs> the 2019 release calendar okay. in my brain, but it'll probably be in the spring. All right. If you want to meet <laughs> Brian and I at Brie Vivant in the spring for contemplation and t-shirts, that's we'll right. see you that's there. Right. That's awesome. Thanks, right. Chris. Yeah, thanks so Thank much. Thank you.